Hey there, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus. I'm the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Food News Media. Uh, we are in the midst of several uh, smaller episodes that we've been publishing over the course of the last two weeks uh, with creative ideas, solutions, and tips for getting through this season of coronavirus. Obviously, the restaurant industry is struggling right now. The downturn in business is real. The economy is just in this unprecedented state uh, due to the outbreak of coronavirus. Um, but we can get through this and we can get through it together as an industry. And so right now, we're just trying to share as much information, as many perspectives as we can from around the restaurant industry, whether that's from restaurant operators or vendors or consultants or data analysts, trying to keep you informed so that you can keep your business afloat through this season. Uh, we are also keeping all of the news and insights up to date at qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus. Uh, to date, we have over 100 headlines up there with news, insights, tips, ideas uh, that should help you get through this season and keep you informed. Uh, I would also love to hear you on email just shoot me a note, sam at qsrmagazine.com. Again, that's sam at qsrmagazine.com. I would love to hear more from you, uh, or if you just need a resource, or if you think you'd be good for this podcast, I just I, I would love to hear from you. So please do reach out uh, at sam at qsrmagazine.com. Uh, sharing a conversation now with Leslie Silverglide. Leslie is the CEO of Mixed, a, a salad and healthy eating concept based out in San Francisco that's doing some really creative things to feed their community in this season. Uh, Leslie and I talked about the fact that uh, in being in San Francisco, Mixed has really been in the midst of the coronavirus season for about a month now. California, of course, being kind of the front lines, the the, the first state to get hit the hardest by what's been going on and the first state to roll out uh, many regulations, including the shelter-in-place regulations. And so Mixed has been experiencing this for much longer than the rest of the country. Uh, so we talk about that, but we also talk about some of these creative solutions they have to feeding the community. Uh, that includes includes uh, launching a pay-what-you-can model so that folks who are struggling right now uh, don't have to pay the full amount if they don't feel like they can. Um, it also includes the fact that Mixed sent out some codes um, to, to folks that they could share with people in need for, uh, the codes were for 25% discounts, 50% discounts, or 100% discounts. The idea being, um, get these discounts out there to the people who need them so that they can feed themselves in their time of need. Uh, but Mixed has continued in um, evolving this program for feeding those in their community and has partnered with a local hospital um, so now that customers at Mixed can donate free meals to those uh, in the healthcare system who are on the uh, the front lines in fighting coronavirus to make sure that those folks are also getting a healthy meal uh, in this time too. And uh, Leslie says there are going to be more evolutions to come as they try to keep uh, folks in need in their community in the Bay Area, um, keep them fed with healthy meals. I really like how they're thinking about the community in this time. It's not just thinking about the business, which they are. It's not just thinking about their employees, which they are. It's thinking about the community, where the need is at, and making sure that those needs are met. So I'm going to roll now into a conversation with Leslie Silverglide, the CEO of Mixed. All right, Leslie, thank you for, for joining me today. I'm sure, as most folks in this uh, business are today, you're probably super busy trying to just keep the business afloat and keep things, keep the lights on, keep the doors open. Um, tell me a little bit about the last two weeks at Mixed. Yeah, sure. Um, well, as you can imagine, it's actually been a little longer than two weeks, but um, you know, this is our worst possible nightmare coming through. Yeah. And we have... Um, we saw it very early 
just being at the forefront in California and specifically in San Francisco, there were a lot of companies that moved to work from home in the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. And so we at least saw the early signs that things were going to change and they were going to change incredibly quickly. Yeah. Tell us about that being kind of at the front line of this, because I'm on the East Coast. We all kind of watch this hit California first. And a lot of what our states are doing has been kind of in the mold of what California has done. So maybe some of those things, you, some of the regulations you got in California might have been surprising to you. And then it was less surprising to us because it happened to you first. But what what has been that, that been like tracking all of those regulations? Yeah. I mean, I think Honestly, we weren't that surprised. We were waiting for all of them. I mean, we we saw in the first week of March that um, people were already moving to work from home and starting to restrict movement just um, on their own decision. And mm-hmm. so um, we already saw the consumer bit the consumer behavior change long before um, the mayor of San Francisco stepped in and had us be the first area to shelter in place. Um, but we could already see the, the change in what our customers were doing. Yeah. Well, how, how did you have to evolve the business? I, uh, Fast Casuals, I, I know in particular, already did a lot of off-premise. We were kind of well-suited to evolve, I think, according to you know closing dining rooms and things like that. But what was that evolution for you guys? How did you have to adapt? Yeah. I mean, I think we're used to having a very healthy mix of different business channels. So if it's our own online pickup and delivery, or if it's through third parties versus people coming in and dining in our restaurants, we had a very good mix of that. Mm -hmm. And then we just very abruptly saw all in-house go to almost zero. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, we do have some people that are still coming in, they're ordering um, and then leaving, but the majority of our business has turned to just all takeaway and delivery. And I assume you had a pretty robust off-premises strategy already in place. We did. I mean, so, you know, I think that's that's one thing we're very thankful for is that we already had deep partnerships with uh, third-party delivery providers. We also had all the technology integration. Mm-hmm. And so um, I know a lot of the sit-down restaurants that have been scrambling to get on platforms um, and can't get any attention of, of the delivery partners and also just being able to deal with how does that operationally work? How do you produce the food and get it ready if you don't have the packaging, um, mm-hmm. if you don't have a system that prints out tickets? You know, it really ends up being quite a nightmare. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of what the downturn of the last couple of weeks has been about, seems to be about consumer trust. I mean, I know that, you know, a lot of sales are down purely for logistical reasons that, you know, people aren't going into the dining rooms anymore, but also, you know, something like 50% of people have said they're avoiding restaurants now because there's this fear that maybe that could spread the virus. And so that we have this kind of trust issue there. What did you see with the mixed customers? I mean, were you hearing any kind of trust issues with them and were you trying to communicate to them that you could sort of rebuild? that trust? Yeah. Very early on, we sent an email letting everybody know what we were doing in terms of having all of our employees wear gloves, not just food handlers, um, having people practice social distancing when they were in our restaurant spaces, um, changing our sanitary 
procedures and cleaning all surfaces and door handles every 30 minutes. Um, we, I think we sent that email out the first week of March to let our customers know what we were already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think that's been a, probably helpful to a limiting degree. I think that mm-hmm. it's just, there's a lot of misinformation or just um, a lot of unknowns out there. And so people don't know if by holding a food bag or your container of takeout food, if that is a way to transfer uh, the virus. And so, you know, to date that hasn't happened, um, but still, you know, there's, there's so much fear around everything. And I think yeah. the other, the, there's two other interesting trends that we've seen that mm-hmm. one is everybody moved to shelter in place or right before it happened, there was just mass grocery store panic buying that took place. And yeah. so mm-hmm. bought so much stuff, you, you know, everyone's been joking about the toilet paper and how people, no one will be buying toilet paper for years, but um, right. I think in, in general and in food and people, stocked up their refrigerators in a way that they never had in their pantries. And um, so people had all this food at home. And so that was another reason why I think a lot of people are not looking to order from restaurants uh, right now is because they do have so much stock at home. Yeah. I, I, I Maybe this is overly optimistic, but my hope is that if people are, you know, if that supply goes down and it's time to replenish, um, you know, people are A, sick of being at home, B, maybe scared of being around other people in a grocery store, and C, maybe sick of preparing their own food. Doesn't it, it, it seems to me like there could be a turnaround for restaurants sooner rather than later, right? Um, I, I think certainly. I mean, I, I think that you know, we're even seeing that as, as people are getting through their groceries and saying, you know, man, I just want to get delivery or uh, go pick something up and not have to make it at home. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, we, we definitely are seeing that, but um, it's not replacing our standard business and what we right. do through the diversity of channels that is making it so hard. And then the other factor is that we have... Um, only we have less than 30% of our portfolio of restaurants open right now. Mm. And why is that? Um, just because of locations where it didn't make sense because no one was traveling to anymore. Oh, sure. Um, and then also just um, in the hope of consolidating business where, mm. you know, some, so many people are doing delivery and takeout. It doesn't make sense, you know, where we have um, 12 locations across San Francisco alone that we keep all those open when they're all trying to get the same takeaway dollar. Yeah, sure. It does seem like we're all going to learn a lot through this process and already have. Um, Nobody had a plan in place for, you know, what kind of reactions they could do through this kind of event. Has there been any learning so far for you? I mean, what kinds of things do you feel like you're going to take from this season once we get through it all? I think one is just the resiliency of our team. I mean, I've just been blown away with how our team members from store teams to the corporate team have stepped up in this time of immense uncertainty and just willing to do whatever it takes to keep us going, keep people working um, Mm -hmm. and help, help our community get healthy meals. It's really just blown, blown me away. And I just, I'm so thankful for our team and how people really have stepped up. 
Yeah. So speaking of that and your community, providing community with healthy meals, I know you guys have really done this cool initiative to um, rally your customers to be able to donate meals. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, once, you know, this was all happening and people were losing their jobs so quickly and it was dramatically impacting how people were able to get healthy meals, we launched um, two weeks ago the ability for you to pay what you can for mm. um, both. We have two concepts. We have mixed and split um, uh, across both of them and um, published codes that you could either um, get a 25% discount, 50% discount, or 100% discount. Um, no, mm-hmm. no questions asked and just the our belief that our community is good and people are good and they're going to only take what they actually need and if they're really in, in need. And um, mm. so with that initiative, we've been able to now at this point um, feed over 1,500 people. Wow. Um, That's awesome. Which is awesome. And it's still going really strong. Um, and what's really been cool is that we've gotten so many great ideas from our our guests and our customers. And so as soon as we launched this, you know, people were really, um, I think, thankful and also um, just thought it was such a great thing that we had all these customers reaching out and saying, we want to support this. We want to be able to buy meals for people in need. So we added that ability. And um, then most recently, we just launched a partnership with um, UCSF, which is um, a large hospital network here in the Bay Area and Mm. are providing healthcare workers with um, free meals. Mm. That's awesome. That's so important at this time. Yeah, it is. And, you know, once we launched this, more good ideas came where people started saying, well, what about this organization I want to support? So I think we have an idea of what we're going to do next so we can really open it up so we can just be having people giving meals to other people in need. And we're kind of the conduit for which uh, the food is made and delivered. Yeah. Going through a crisis like this, I think really reveals a lot of companies, the the culture that they had put in place, but maybe it would also, you know, show something about the culture that is to come. I'm sure that it meant a lot to your team that you guys did something like this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that for people showing up at work um, in this unimaginable time is really difficult. But when they see the tickets coming through and know that it's going to healthcare workers on the front lines or they know it's going to somebody in need and just more the fact that they see that we have the communities back. And so, um, you know, I think they know that we have their back as well. Mm. Um, So, you know, I think that in this time where no one is feeling good, um, Mm -hmm. it's it is, you know, you see these silver linings and these these bright spots where, you know, people are very thankful and 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 it gives them hope. Yeah. As a CEO, is it daunting to navigate a company through a time like this? How do you steer the ship and be somebody that, you know, your your team can look to for maybe some of that stability and a foundation to stand on? Yeah. I mean, it is so critical, just communication, letting everybody know what's going on. And, you know, I I will personally admit I'm I'm pretty strong emotionally. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I was joking with someone, I think, you know, in the past five years, I'd cried once. And in the Mm -hmm. past few weeks, you know, it's multiple times a day. And it's it's just, you know, and it's with my team. And it's, 
it's emotional for everybody. And Mm -hmm. I think it's showing that vulnerability and letting people know that, you know, I'm not a rock and Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can just (laughs) soldier on. And and yes, you know, I'm going to have these moments just like they are um, where the immensity of the situation just floods in. And so I think um, letting the team share that then allows us to realize that we're, we are all in this together. And that's what I keep saying to everyone that we are, we are in this together and we will get through this. And then we're able to pick our heads up and say, okay, what's next? What do we have to do? Um, mm-hmm. doing? We got to keep doing. I think it, it's interesting because this hit us so quickly and so fast where we really felt like we were the canary in the coal mine for mm-hmm. the first week or two. Um, and it's also just interesting to see, you know, different industries, you know, are being impacted very differently by this and, and, um, everyone's struggles are very different. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's, it's also, I found it's very hard for people. They know and have read what's happening, um, to our industry and our businesses. And it's just very hard for them to relate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Talking about what's next, I mean, so much of this has been unpredictable. And of course, we don't know how long this season is going to be going on. And, you know, for many restaurant companies, they're just surviving day to day, if not hour by hour. I mean, it's just, again, keeping your head above water. But are there ways that you can think about the future? I mean, are you looking around the corner at all? Can you have a little bit of predictability for getting your business through this time? Yeah. I mean, I I spend a lot of time studying what's happened in China. And um, in terms of getting a sense of when businesses started to come back online and at what speed and how people reacted, I think the the unfortunate thing is that the response in the U.S. has been so varied Mm -hmm. in terms of we have the most extreme with shelter in place um, to, you know, doing nothing and continuing life as normal. Right. Um, that I worry it's just what what's going to be the death for all our entire industry is if this just keeps trickling on. And yeah. if we're not able to get through this and get to a point where we can say, okay, you know, we're over this hump. Now we can start resuming normal activity. It, it's just, there's a point which none of us can continue to last mm-hmm. um, with, with nobody making money. And so um I just, I hope more than anything that we can get through this as quickly as possible, but it's going to take everyone coming together to do that. So I just, you know, everybody looks and says, well, you know, China was on lockdown for two months. So that's what we can kind of anticipate. Yes, but they were on serious lockdown and they, they understood exactly where their cases were and what was happening. And that's not what's happening here. We don't have enough testing as everybody knows. But, you know, I I am optimistic for and um, have heard rumblings of as, you know, everybody has. But I think getting to a point where we have a definitive treatment for this, that will also Mm -hmm. greatly change things. But also um, where we are able to test if you're immune to it or not. So, Mm -hmm. you know, where there's the assumption that a lot of people had this, got over it and have immunity. Um, well, those people can get back to resume, resuming their normal life. Um, mm-hmm. So my hope is that those thing, two things come together along with the U.S. Heading, having a united action in front on this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we will be able to reopen. You know, I think that we're lucky enough that we are in a position that we'll be able to do everything we can um, to survive this. You know, I know a lot of colleagues um, that are smaller that that probably won't be the case. So for them, it's going to come down to, um, and I mean, quite honestly, for us, it's going to come down to with the $2 billion bailout, you know, what does that look like for each business? You know, Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of unknowns of how that's going to come through and the timing and, of course, everyone's thinking about cash flow. Um, so it's a big hot mess, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I think that you know, I, the one thing I'm most optimistic about is that our industry is good and what we make people happy. We, we feed them food, which is one of the yeah. joys people have in their lives. And so I don't worry that people aren't going to enjoy restaurants in the future because that's just impossible. Yeah, yeah. Well, things may be a big hot mess, but there is hope to cling on to. And I, and I know you've said a few things that are definitely hopeful already. But um, last question, Leslie, what is one more bit of encouragement you could offer our listeners for, you know, something to, to hold on to a little bit of hope? You know, I think it, it really comes down to each of us playing our role in this and realizing that, we will come through this together, but we need to act together. And so mm-hmm. that is following the best guidelines um, that we have and making sure that we're keeping people safe and keeping our community safe. Um, and, you know, I think that there's a lot that's going to be happening on a federal level. And so um, I think that that is also very optimistic for a lot of businesses in the restaurant mm-hmm. industry out there. That's good. Thank you, Leslie. I appreciate your time today. Appreciate uh, your your words of wisdom and uh, be well and good luck to you guys. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure speaking with you, Sam.